Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Greg, we are in part two. Notice how I didn't do our usual opening. Because I know. We're I going right be, we're into We're going it. right into it. Um, and we spent last week, uh, well, first, we got to say uh, happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there because happy Valentine's. it is February 14th. Nathan, I can't think of anybody I'd rather spend this day with than you. Wait, wait should I? Well, you don't have to worry. Lisa doesn't listen to this anyway. <laughs> That's gold. That is gold. I'm going to make sure she listens to this as a special Valentine's to her. I love you, babe. I love you so much that Nathan and I are going to do part two of the Holy Spirit. Right? What says, what? I love you? <laughs> like that. Dude, that was a gold line. Um, that's true. When Lisa hears... Wait, she's not going to turn this on. That's right. So uh, she hears me enough. So. No, but we are. We're uh, we're doing part two. Obviously, uh, I think it's no secret that when we record versus when we drop, yeah, our uh, different times. Yep. So, but we'll never um, tell. That's right. That's right. We could be we could be recording this in in March of 2022. For Absolutely, all you know. dude. Heck, March of of 1997. <laughs> we were really in on it. No, we would we'd sound we were ahead younger. of our time. Yes. Yeah. We knew, dude. We knew. Um, but no, I'm excited to get back into this. Yes, really looking forward to this. And we uh, we spent a lot of time talking about who the Holy Spirit is last time. And today we're really going to be narrowing in on the roles of the Holy Spirit. Um, but first, before we do that, I think I want us to start off. We, we alluded to this last time. And so I want to start with it this time, just uh, as a reminder and maybe to go in a little bit more depth. The roles of the the godhood themselves how the father son and holy spirit work together and interact together uh, because i think that will help with some of the clarity going into the roles and functions of the holy spirit and will help us to understand how the holy spirit interacted with uh the son Mm -hmm. and how the holy spirit interacts with the father so greg i'm gonna let you take that away uh for a little bit and just talk to us about what you uh referred to from keller last week as as the dance the dance man yes also a wonderful song by garth brooks but uh in fact i feel since it's valentine's day i'm gonna sing it and i love well i I won't do that Um, we have so few listeners to begin with we can't afford to lose any more let's lose every listener (laughs) even our you know even our moms um uh but the dance yeah that was tim keller's metaphor that i i've liked he talks about it in a few of his books just this notion of perfect, um, uh, in sync, mm-hmm. uh, interaction. You know, you think rhythm, you think of mm-hmm. beauty, all the things associated with the dance, where there's 
joy and spontaneity. There is uh, just a perfect interplay between mm-hmm. the partners out there on the floor. Here, obviously, the analogy breaks down. You don't normally see three people dancing together, right? right? But you do have this this perfectly coordinated, fulfilling, mutually serving, edifying uh, experience among yes. the members of the Trinity. And uh, to think that God creates, not out of need, like we talked yeah. about last time, not out of deficiency, oh, I need them, mm-hmm. meaning us, to complete him, is already complete perfectly, which means his creation is out of joy. It's an overflow yeah. in which we are invited. That's what mm-hmm. Keller really harps on. We're invited into that dance. Yes. And uh, when Jesus prays in John 17, Father, I want them, yep. meaning the ones he's praying for, his disciples, and all who will believe through their message, so we get swept into that, to be with us in glory. Isn't that just a beautiful picture? So he creates and redeems out of the overflow of his heart to bring us into that experience. So that means there's some pretty cool stuff yeah, there. How's that for a technical yeah. theological term <laughs> happening among the members of the Trinity? And it's and again, you talked about this idea of being invited in to see it, you know. And I think I think sometimes people misunderstand and misinterpret the idea of what it's like to look at and to watch God, you know. And, and you allude to this dance, right? And I think back to you know you have um, Danny Kay or you know Bing Crosby or. Um, you know, some of these other uh, great Fred Astaire. Astaire. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one that I was like, Ginger Rogers, trying to, Fred Astaire, yeah. you know, and you watch them and there's just something mesmerizing about what they do and how they do it. Yeah. And that's what it's like to watch God yeah. in action, you yes. know, that we fail to see is no, 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 this is this is captivating. This is mesmerizing. This isn't is. boring and dull. I mean, and unlike the one couple in your friend group that took ballroom dancing <laughs> and you hate them because they know exactly what to do at a wedding. Right, and you're right. like, hey, let's go out and uh, slowly walk in a circle right. uh, together, uh, which is what most of my dancing is. Uh, no, you, you are. When you watch God, it, it's just breathtaking. Yeah. And to get these little glimpses of, of them at work mm-hmm. uh, among the, the, the unity of God's <laughs> oneness expressed in threeness. You yes. know, everybody think, how do you, how do you describe it? Do, the fact that God is revealed to us like this mm-hmm. has been more of a boon to my faith. Yes. The fact that I can't really explain him yep. increases my confidence that this came from another place. Yes. Because again, how many times have I invented my own religion? Right. It's going to make sense. It's going to put me at the center. Yeah, it's going to benefit me above anyone else. Yep, and that's how my religion would work. Yes, if I get to invent it. Well, and let's let's be real, Greg. You're you're doing this uh, this writing class, the, yeah. this course, you know, for your degree. I've done some writing. We write about things we know about. Yes. We we are not as original as we think we no, are. Basically, no. basically the way you become original is you take old concepts and yep. you arrange them in a new way. But yep. but the basic thread is still there. And when you look at scripture, particularly this concept of the Trinity, we have no category for it. Great and point, dude. It just it blows our mind. The the more we try to dive into it, the more confusing it gets. Yeah. And the more we're like, it I like I, I know it because scripture says it, but the trying to wrap my head around 
the reality of it just it, it blows my mind. It is. It's the Augustine dream uh, that I think we've referenced before uh, of a child uh, try keeps going to the ocean, puts his little cup in, yeah, fills it up, and then pours it out on the sand. A few feet later, Augustine says, "What are you doing, child? This is mad." And he goes, oh, "I'm going to pour the ocean onto the land." <laughs> and says, "Well, this is." ridiculous and the child in the dream it's something to do with augustine's thoughts on the yes. trinity and the nature of god something in that realm said so no more ridiculous than what you're doing um and there is a degree to which we we communicate truth that by definition we cannot fully understand yeah we understand enough yes to you know again there there is that ocean water is real right it's a taste, but to assume I've got it, which is why, dude, I understand a master's degree means, you know, you've excelled at a certain level, you've mm -hmm. gone beyond the the undergrad work, et cetera, and done some postgrad work. But, you know, I've always chuckled at my master of divinity. Right. It's just a funny name. <laughs> yes. I've mastered all divide. things about God, I know. <laughs> I mean, you almost think, can we change that title to like, I've reached the pre-registration phase of Pee-wee League. I've reached the acceptable level <laughs> when I can talk to other people about these things. Yes. <laughs> I can communicate two or three things that somebody else could say, I think I know what you mean, and whatever that degree is, give me that. Um, but it's just awesome to consider um, you know, who he is. And I do think the beauty of God yeah. should be a subject uh, talked about more that should be reflected in art and yes. music because there's something sometimes that can be, uh, you can behold more than you can explicate. Yes. Right. You can, you can a little, yeah, but it's more about beholding it. Yes. So. And when we talk about that, and I do want to just kind of reference this a little bit. Like I said, we talked about it last time, but, the relationship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because there is a dynamic in there where they are one and they are equal, yet they're not, because mm -hmm. the Son submits to the will of the Father. Sure. The, the Spirit empowers the Son to do the work of the Father. And so talk to us a little bit about that before we move into the, yeah. the role of the Holy Spirit. Well, in formal theological training, you do get into what what is sometimes called, it's, it's a geeky term, but I actually find it helpful. It, it, I, my mind goes to it from time to time. There's the ontological trinity. And mm -hmm. Ontology is essentially about being, yeah. essence, substance, existence itself, right? So if you're talking about something ontological, you're almost in a platonic category. Sure, what yeah. is the, the true form, right. you know? Um, and in that sense, you have passages that, you know, the Father and I are one. Yes. Jesus is not God Jr. Right. The Holy Spirit is not the God apprentice, and the Father is God. They're all God. So ontology... Uh, we we would think of terms of equality, yep. no distinction in their being. In it's sometimes so you've got the ontological trinity and the it sounds weird to say it, the economic mm -hmm. trinity, which is really I would prefer to call it the functional trinity. Yeah. So there's no yeah. monetary association, right? But you know you know uh, economics economics. I never know you go long mm -hmm. e or, or short, but I'll I'll just keep going back and forth. So I'm dumb right. sometimes and write the others. Um, but it is about the 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 way they function, yeah. What they do, right? So let let's take an example from the military. Mm -hmm. um, in the military, um, the drill sergeant and the cadet 
are both ontologically equal. They're image bearers of God. Mm -hmm. They've been created in God's image. None is more special than the other. God loves both. Um, But in their role in that army, it's pretty clear. One does one thing, one does the other. And if you try to mess with that, you'll understand what, you know... um, a court martial is, right. you'll understand what peeling potatoes is, all right. those old cliches <laughs> in KP duty and stuff. So functionally, yes. economically, they do different things. Yeah. And you see it, right? I think we, we may have referenced this last time. Um, the Holy Spirit does not send the Father to die on the cross. Yes. The Father sends the Son to die on the cross. So yes. in the functional arrangement... Mm-hmm. Uh, the son joyfully says, I submit to the father. Yes. Um, having just written recently uh, an Easter devotional that'll come yeah. out in a week or two to to, to prep us, writing, uh, I don't know, devotion number 36, somewhere thereabouts out of the 40 that we're going to do to prepare us for Easter, I did the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes. And I'll tell you, Nathan, it just leaps out mm-hmm. how much you see Jesus submitting. Yeah. Right? In his humanness. Yeah. Is there another way? Which yeah. is not blasphemous. Right. It is not a lack of faith. It is the old, I think, Augustine's quote or something like it, faith-seeking understanding. Yeah. When he sees the weight yeah. in that cup uh, and all that it contains. Yeah. Um, is there another way uh, that I could save them without doing this? And, yeah. of course, there is none. Yeah. So the father is silent, yeah. and Jesus resolves himself. What famously we know, not my will, yes, but yours. Yep, uh, yours be done. And he, what is he doing? He, the father in that moment is not submitting himself to the will of the son, right. as expressed in the prayer. Right, the son is distinctively submitting himself, right, to the will of his father. Right, and that's the way it is to be. Yep. So the father commands, sends, yep. orders. The son listens, rejoices, follows. Yep. The father loves the son, sees his son's perfect obedience. Yes. Tells us, right, like on the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my son, listen to yes. him. It's very clear. Yes. And then at his baptism, right, uh, the, the, the father speaks similarly. Yep. This is my son, with him I'm well pleased. There's an order there. Yes. The son isn't just shouting that, hey, father, I'm, you know, I'm pleased with you. You're, right. you're doing a good job. No, no, the father, that is his role to say that to his son. And the Holy Spirit comes. And yes. here we are talking about the Holy Spirit at that moment, which tells us what the empowerment yep. for what is before him yes. will now take place. Yeah. The three-year public ministry, which, dude, is fascinating. Mm-hmm. We're getting more into the second person here, but I'll say this quickly. It appears... I think increasingly clear to me, you know, I use that phrase I stole from a guy named Dan Spader years ago, that Jesus does not dip into his deity to yes. take a shortcut through his humanity. What does he do? He relies mm-hmm. on the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. As a man before his father wanting to please him. Yep. Dude, that's order. Yeah. Isn't it? So the Holy Spirit, which we're going to focus on moving mm-hmm. forward in, I know, in our next few moments together has some very clearly defined roles yes. that are uniquely his. Yeah. And that in no way undermines his deity, yep. the ontology of who God, the Spirit, is yeah. at all. 
But we would be uh, remiss to act as if these roles don't matter. Yeah. They must matter. Yeah. Because they're so clearly ordered. Yeah. And I think I think that's so important because one of the things that we're going to see is we're going to see the role of the Holy Spirit continue into the followers. And as you yes. put it last week, uh, not not that this is a new role, but we're going to see it highlighted in a way that it was not highlighted in the Old Testament. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I'm looking forward to to diving into that. So let's let's start there with Christ in his ministry, because I know this is fresh on your mind yeah. as, as you've just been going through uh, that 40 day devotional. Yeah. Um, so let's start there. What what was the Holy Spirit doing in Christ to help him with mm, that, to yes. work through him in that? Great question, Nathan. It's, it's clear. I mean, think about it. I love this. The baptism and what immediately comes next, mm-hmm. the temptation. So I believe that Jesus, and, and it's as if the Bible wants to make this, make this so clear to us, that Jesus is going to function as a man mm-hmm. fully, yep. not cheating. What can a man access mm-hmm. uh, that deity itself does not need to, uh, and that would be the power of the Holy Spirit. So what's the first thing he does after the baptism? He's led, interestingly enough, it says in the text, if you look at Matthew, you see it in Mark and in Luke. John does not give us the temptation. The Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the world. So the Spirit comes upon him and says, okay, first task. You're going to go out here 40 days, 40 nights. You're going to, in essence retell Israel's story. Yeah. I think the fancy word is recapitulate, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really just a retelling. You're going to retell the story because their story has a bad ending. Yeah. They were in the wilderness for 40 years and, and, and 40 nights. They had full bellies. Mm-hmm. God fed them Panera from heaven. Right. Right? I mean, manna, which right. just means, what is it? So they're right. walking around in the camp, manna, manna, manna. What is it? it's, it's the bread God sent to feed right. them. And then eventually, we want something else. You know, we're, we're bored with this bread. Right. Got used to bread dropping from the sky <laughs> to feed your sorry soul. Right. right? Uh, and that's a picture of us. So they fail, but Jesus goes into the wilderness, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't eat. And yes. I think the Bible wants us to see. Yeah. He, he does not have even the human uh, resources that we rely on for energy, yes. willpower, etc. So what is he doing? It must be that he is relying on the Holy Spirit who has descended upon him in his baptism to engage in this first battle. Yes. Right? And I I believe with all my heart, Nathan, that the Holy Spirit continued to empower Jesus throughout his ministry. Yeah. Now, I'd be open for debate on this, either mm-hmm. or anybody that said this. I, in recent years, I've really even thought about this. I know this sounds strange. Mm-hmm. Him walking on water. Yeah. I used to, well, he's yeah. God. Of course he can walk on water. But is he dipping into his deity? Or do we have such a spectacular work? It, do we have a picture of a man yeah. with no sin, fully trusting his father, Right, fully relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, that he is doing things that have not been seen before. Yes. Now, the reason that I even balk at this is, you know, some kook uh, TV evangelist is going to, you know, in a southern twangy accent right. where Jesus is 14 syllables, right. um, you know, is going to say, and that's why God enabled me to, to walk up 
Right. On the outside of the Empire State Building. You right. might not have seen it. But the Holy Spirit knocked out all the cameras. You know, I mean, you know what I mean? Right, it's, yeah. It, it's absurd. Yeah. It's this idea that you could you could turn this into something goofy. Interestingly enough, dude, if you remind me, I'll put a link, meaning mm -hmm. I'll send it to you, and you can put it in the show notes, yes. which we want to use more of. Uh, there's a Desiring God article uh, mm. that I found where um, <clears throat> they talk about the genius contribution of the Puritan John Owen mm. that uh, developed a very careful uh, argument yep. that the uh, Christ miracles were done, uh, he argues, not because of the hypostatic union, mm -hmm. which is a fancy way of saying because of his godness, for lack of a better word. Right. But if we really take what the scriptures seem to tell us at face value, he's doing this under the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, demons, of course, know that he's God. Yes. Uh, so they they say, we know who you are, the Holy One, the Son of God, etc. Mm -hmm. But as a man, yeah, he's doing this through the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. the fact that the Holy Spirit is with him. Because you see exorcisms in the mm -hmm. book of Acts. Uh, was was Paul doing that? Was Peter doing that because he was God? No. Right. What power did he access? Yes. Really, it's a profound thing. You to start thinking Jesus relying on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, I think it confuses us because let's be honest. For us, it's one step forward, two steps back. Right. Man, I had a good week. I was battling, you know, this yes. temptation or that, and this week I'm just on the losing end, left and right. We never see Jesus on the losing end. Yes. That does not mean, however that he's cheating. Right. We're just seeing what does a a perfectly aligned right. will with his father's mission. Right. My favorite verse, dude, I, I just can never get out of my head, John 8, 29, for I always do yeah. <clears throat> what pleases my father. Sometimes I think about that. What five-minute period of my 52 years could the banner, I always do right. what pleases my father, could the banner hang over? Right. I don't think I'm going to find one. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. But he was so locked in yeah. to pleasing his father. So the Holy Spirit being with him yep. is significant by the time you get to John 16. And I'll pivot here a little bit, Nathan. Or John 14, I should say. Yep. John 14, a little bit in 15, where he goes off on two sort of an excursus. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Um, but 14 and 16 of John... If somebody's looking to say, I'd like to learn what does the Holy Spirit do? There are many other passages, but sure. those two are a treasure trove. Yeah. And by now, Jesus, he starts by saying, um, I'm going to go away soon. Yeah. He means physically. And I've often, how can Jesus say he's going away, but he won't leave us? I think John 14 is the key. He says, I'm going to send another helper. Yeah. Right? The fancy is paraclete. Uh, the one who walks alongside uh, of you, which tells us what? The Holy Spirit who has been empowering Jesus mm -hmm. to fulfill the ministry God gave him, guess what? He's going to be with you. Yes. Now that's powerful. Yeah. Because if it's just, well, Jesus was God, so God can do whatever God can do. So what's my... Uh, Okay, the Holy Spirit, that's cool. That's like a different thing. Mm -hmm. But I think what Jesus is saying, no, the one who has been with me yes. will be with, be with you. you. There is continuity. Yeah. So think, dude, opening ver uh, words of the book of Acts. Yeah. 
Luke writes, you know, in his second volume of early Christian origins, yep. hey, Theophilus, remember my first book? I talked about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Yes. So it's an elliptical phrase. He never finishes it. It's implied, dot, dot, dot. The implication of the book of Acts, I'm going to tell you what Jesus continues to do and mm -hmm. teach, but he's gone in chapter one. Right. Physically, he ascends to heaven. I mean, he's gone early. Yeah. How does Jesus continue to do and teach? He does it through the Holy Spirit. Yep. In the believers, yes, and through the believers, and dude, that just gets me stoked. Yeah. Well, and it also it shows us when we look at the Gospels, it gives us a more comprehensive picture of the Godhead. Because yes. when we when we see again, Christ is constantly referencing his Father. He 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 talks about going away to, you know, these times to pray. Um, he's obviously not praying to himself. He's yeah. praying to his Father. But the understanding of, of the role of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does, we, we talked about this last week. The, the Holy Spirit takes our groans and turns them into, um, you know, the prayers before God. Yes. It takes what we, what we think. You know, it makes sense that if Christ is fully human, the Holy Spirit is working in him the same way he would work in us. And this is... This is where we see the Holy Spirit printed all throughout the Gospels as we see clearly the Father and the Son. Dude, absolutely. Look at John 14, 26. Jesus said, Jesus told his disciples, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. Mm -hmm. Notice that? They're all together. Yes. Uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit, uh, the Father's going to send in my name. Yep. He will teach you all things. So here's a role of the Holy Spirit. And to bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Yeah. Now, elsewhere we see, uh, you know, First Peter, yeah. the Holy Spirit enabled the prophets yep. to write what they did. That's why Paul calls Scripture, what, theonoustos in, in Second Timothy. All Scripture is breathed out by God. He actually invented a word. Yeah. You know how we hyphenate things yeah. to invent words? <laughs> This is a you know a, a slapping, rocking, good time, and we hyphenate it like it's an actual word. Right. Paul kind of does that. Yeah. He invents a word because he so needs a picture yeah. of where Scripture's authority comes. Yes, yes, the Holy Spirit does that. So the Holy Spirit who inspires Scripture, I love this. Jesus says, brings it to mind. Yes. So think about that, dude. Here's Jesus in, in his temptation. Um, he's memorized that Scripture. From the time he was little, he's yeah. learned. You know, Satan tries to get him with three Deuteronomy mm -hmm. references, and Jesus just crushes him. Right, he outduels him with Deuteronomy references. Right, basically, it's good Bible interpretation. Hey, thank you, Satan. That's out of context. Right, thank you, Satan. That's out of context. Let me give the broader context, and duels it. I believe with all my heart, the Holy Spirit is bringing those things to yes. mind. just as Jesus promises, and He will do that right. for you. Because isn't that what what Christ uh, promises is, you know, the, the things that you're going to say, though, you know, you, you aren't going to have the words, you right. aren't going to have that. And this, the Holy Spirit is what is going to help you through that. The Holy yes. Spirit is going to give you that power. And we see, you know, when, when Paul comes along and he starts writing, Paul is in tune enough with the Spirit of God yes. to know hey, these are thoughts that are coming from me, and these are thoughts that are coming from God. That's a great point. You know, and so point. he's... Yeah, when he distinguishes, yeah. you know... Um, we know it's all, all all coming from uh, God, ultimately, but, ultimately. but 
he distinguishes, you know, this is clearly the spirit working in me to say these things, and this is my own thoughts and preferences. A, a great example of that, dude, I love that you reference that. First Corinthians 1, I believe, when Paul is reflecting upon the people that he baptized, and mm-hmm. he, he mentions their names, mm-hmm. right? He mentions a few names uh, and then says, uh, wait, beyond that, I can't remember if I baptize anyone else. So he says, I may have missed some. It's just such an honest... Right. I love that that's in Scripture because that... Well, one, there, there's nothing that is harming right. the Scripture there. Right. It's a man's remembrance, and he's admitting, I don't remember. If anything, right. it highlights right. the Holy Spirit that speaks... The Holy Spirit doesn't forget anything. Right. The Holy Spirit remembers, but Paul yeah, distinguishes. In this moment, I like your point there that he's locked in, yeah. and he's aware... Uh, the difference uh, and anything good, he says, it's not because he's learned. Right. It's because the Holy Spirit is doing this through him. So, and you think, dude, also in John 16, uh, here's another role that's similar. Mm-hmm. He brings scripture to the mind of the believer, mm-hmm. he brings conviction to the mind and heart of the unbeliever. Yes. Jesus says in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, which seems... I mean, dude, we used right. to... Excuse me? Right. Yeah, if I go away, it's your, uh, no, that doesn't seem to my advantage. He goes, right. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, I think what's being assumed here is the dispersion of the apostles mm-hmm. in different places in Jesus' physical form. Yes. Not cheating. He's not in all places right. at one time on his earth, right? Yes. He's not in Jerusalem and Capernaum at the same time because right. he has confined himself in right. his humanness to the experience of any man. Yep. So I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah. So why? But if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And why is that important? Because when you're going in right. to Ephesus, you're going into Rome. Right. Paul, you ever make it to Spain, which the scholars debate. We know he wanted to go to Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go to North Africa. Yep. You go into Asia, um, and you're all in different places. They're, they're not going to believe. Right. The Holy Spirit will bring conviction yes. of sin. So that moment, Nathan, whenever it was in our lives, when we start thinking, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, I can't save myself. Yep. I am lost. Yep. What is that? That That's not a, an internal aha moment. You know, I've, I've done a lot of really right. good thinking. I can pat myself on the back. It's the Holy Spirit brings that to mind, and it's just such a boon to our confidence, yes. right? And then, oh, how am I going to do that? Yes. Well, that leads to, I think, his greatest role. We've talked about it, but um, that he dwells within us. Yes. Uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he fills us. First Corinthians 3.13, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? Yeah. So I re- I've thought about John 16 a lot. It's to your advantage. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. No, I mean, Jesus, again, I've seen the things you can do. Yeah. I don't know how it would be to my advantage and, for you to leave. And look what happened when he did physically go. Yeah, they scatter. Yeah, they're 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 shaking. Uh, yep. they're, they they are terrified. Yeah, they're in hiding. Yep. You, you see it on Easter Sunday, right? They yeah. are. Just, I want to be out of sight, out yep. of mind. Um, 
and you see them without Jesus. Yes. Then you go to Acts 2. Yes. You ever notice, I'm fascinated by Acts 2, Peter's first sermon? Yeah. (laughs) Who is this guy? Right. (laughs) This is Peter, Mr. Bumble and Stumble? Right. I mean, and he is preaching. Yes. And he sounds like Jesus. Yeah. Did Peter go to, he must have read one of those self-improvement. Right, right. Night before Pentecost, you know, I believe in myself. Can you imagine? That would be a funny skit. I believe in myself. I am Peter. I'm awesome. Hear me roar. And then he goes, of course not. Yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit's come. Yes. Brought all that truth, all that empowerment. Yeah. And he burns. Well, and think about, I mean, these these are fishermen. Well, Peter, you know, Peter's a fisherman. Christ's disciples are largely uneducated laborers. Yes, yes. And, and if you look at that sermon, the things that Peter is talking, I mean, he's going back into these deep... When when we think of prophecies, you know, we think primarily of Isaiah yeah. and and the suffering servant. I mean, he's going all the way back into these prophecies oh. in the Old Testament that maybe he learned those in his chat. I've wondered like, the same thing. That that seems really unlikely. Yeah, and so this I know. You know, when you look at that, like even the words that are coming out in the references to who Christ is and speaking directly that has to be the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And and the reason I say that is because we don't get that until after the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Yes, and, and can I preview next week a little at that point, yeah. Nathan, just yeah. very briefly? One of my growing concerns mm-hmm. among a preoccupation with the Holy Spirit, which seems, well, why is that bad? I should say maybe a preoccupation with a misapplication. Yes. How often I hear the Holy Spirit referenced apart from Scripture. Yes. So the Holy Spirit inspires Scripture. Yes. He brings Scripture to mind, like you're saying, Peter, the unlearned Peter, the non-seminary grad. He had no master of divinity, right? (laughs) Uh, But he is thundering at Pentecost, and the Scriptures are flowing, the applications, the connections are flowing. The tr- what, what's the response? People are cut to the heart. Yes. You see so much of what the Holy Spirit's doing there, what could bringing conviction of sin. Yes. This is what he does. Yes. You and I can't do it. Right. Peter couldn't do it. So he's just totally locked in, and it's Scripture, 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 yes. Scripture. Dude, I meet many, many people that reference the Holy Spirit almost completely apart from Scripture. Yes. And to which I always say, let me give just one example. We'll probably talk about this next week. I know people... This is our little preview. Yeah. That blame the Holy Spirit, credit the Holy Spirit. Well, the reason I didn't talk with you and reconcile with you is I really think the Holy Spirit was telling me to take some time away and be with myself. And to which I say, well, the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. empowered uh, the writers of Scripture to recall Jesus' words. And what does Jesus say? What does Scripture say? When you realize that there's an offense, you go quickly, directly. Yes. And you work. Like, that's not advanced Christianity. That's 101. That's like your prerequisite course. That's like Um, the Beatitudes right there. (laughs) It it is. Isn't it, dude? So I think, wait a minute. Yeah. There's this Holy Spirit that's being referenced that doesn't seem to be in agreement with Scripture. Yeah. 
Yeah. How does that work? Right. I, we're going to really cover yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to cover that. Week. Yeah. But I think that's why understanding his role yes. is so important. Well, and one of the roles that uh, I, I think I think this springboards into is is one of the roles is to glorify the sun. Yes, dude. I'm glad you mentioned that. And, you know, when I'll, oftentimes, right, when, when we look at what Christ is saying, right, if the role of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the sun, and I'm going to let you get to the scripture that says that, right, if that's the role or one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, and the Son has talked about the church yes. as being the vehicle by which Christianity will spread, and Paul gives us a litany of, uh, of verses and, and letters on how we are to do that, yes. then that means that, that one of the ways that the Son is glorified is when we are in unity with one another, not divided with one another, and as people of the church, we are under the authority of our pastors. Right. And and that glorifies the sun. And I'm gonna let you talk a little bit more about that. No, no, dude, um, that's that's good. It's um, thank you, dude. It's always a tough one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, there might be a few. I don't know pastors that I personally know that ever really want to talk about leader authority in the yeah. church because it's it's awkward. Yeah. It's like a pastor preaching on um, giving his own salary. <laughs> yeah. Right, you. I mean, my goodness. Uh, can you please bring in the pastor emeritus, the, the dude who's eighty, that right. really doesn't care anymore, and just says, "I'm going to tell you what I think Scripture says about this." Yeah, right. that, that's what. You, it's just, it's just awkward. But it, there is something profound, dude. I think about what you just said uh, related to the church. We might get more into that next week, but let's stick with the 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 uh, what you the main part of what you were saying that his role is to glorify Jesus. Yeah. That comes right at Jesus tells us that directly. John 16, uh, 14. I'll start back at 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. There's that truth again. Mm-hmm. For he will not speak on his own authority, but wh- whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you, to you the things that are to come to me. So there's a subordinate role. Remember that yes. function? The Holy Spirit is saying what the Father is saying. Right. You might even say what the Son is saying because yes. they speak together. Um He's going to declare these things. Yes. And then verse 14, he will glorify me. Yes. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will glorify me. Take what is mine, declare it to you. The Holy Spirit, one of his roles, and it it doesn't often get talked about, is he puts a spotlight. That's what it really means to glorify. We think of, you you think of a magnifying glass, right? Like my eyesight's terrible, dude. I'm constantly pulling the computer closer to me, adjusting my, you know, what used to be called trifocals, now (laughs) transition lenses. Um, But he is magnifying, highlighting, showcasing. I have enough uh, adjectives and synonyms here. Uh, Spotlighting. Jesus. A great example I heard from uh, one of my professors at seminary, Charles Zimmerman, really good uh, preacher communicator. He describes a flight into uh, Reagan mm-hmm. uh, Airport. You know, and have you ever flown into Reagan? I haven't, but I've dropped people off there before. I mean, that's the cool DC flight. That's the movie flight. Yeah. You go to Dulles, you don't see much right. DC, but you go to Reagan. Uh, you'll see the Potomac. Yep. You'll see uh, the the Washington Monument, Monument yeah. lit up, and 
he describes two guys on a flight where one guy is a lighting specialist, and the, as they're flying in on a beautiful, clear spring night, the pilot says, ladies and gentlemen, if you look right out the window, you'll see the Washington monuments looking particularly impressive tonight without cloud cover, etc. And, and people were kind of, oh, wow, it's really a spectacular sight when, when you see it so clearly laid out. The lighting specialist on the plane, you know, says to, to somebody or other, he knows all about the, the lights they use, the wattage, yep. the, the way they're angled, to maximally highlight the the monument, and somebody says, "I'm butchering a little bit, but hey, dude, you know we're, we're talking about the monument, not the lights." Yeah. As it, an analogy, the Holy Spirit, he's like the lights. Yeah. Highlighting Jesus. So often, when people say, "I know, I want to know where, that we're a church where the Holy Spirit's at work," I have learned to say, to find somebody to say it. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm with you 100. Yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit empowers Jesus' ministry. He, Jesus, promised him as a gift right. beyond gifts. So one of the evidences is how much is your church talking about Jesus? Yes. Is Jesus getting showcased? Yes. Highlighted. Sometimes we think, well, we're really into the Holy Spirit if we talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it seems to be right. No, the Holy Spirit in his role, look at Jesus. Right. Look at Jesus. Yes. In fact, his words, I'm going to bring them to your mind. Look at Jesus. Yes. And Jesus, what does he he tell Philip? If you've seen me, yes. you've seen the Father. Yeah. Uh, he is the disclosure of God. And again, just how it all works together, yeah. dude. So the dance. Yes. So intricately. Which is beautiful. which is what the Father does as well. Yes. The Father showcases the Son. You this know, is we my see, Son. Yeah. Listen to him. You know, and we see those that beautiful passage in uh, Philippians where we, you know, we see that Christ has suffered, and and you know, at the end of all time, every knee will bow, yeah. every tongue will confess at the name of Jesus. That's right, yeah. and and so you know, all of Scripture is pointing to Christ to be showcased right. because He's the one that we have seen exactly. Yeah, and and that's, that's his role. That's his role, right? Um, isn't it, it? Oh, dude, even talking about that, I, I get the chills. It's just an incredible thought. And when a person beholds him, sees him, yes, you know, and and um, trying to think of, uh, you know, we always say unchurchy language. Sometimes it's hard, yeah, because you know we talked about inventing words. Right, like Paul invented uh, Theodosios, right. God breathed. Uh, yeah, I'll do my best, man. But when a yeah. person is gripped by him, yes, captivated by yeah. him, enamored with him, to use some other less churchy words, I guess, whatever you call it, you are seeing him clearly. Yes. And that means the Holy Spirit has been working overtime. Yes. Which just thrills me. Yes. Because I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit when I was 16. Yes. But then Jesus is on the brain. Yep. He's on my mind. What he did for me, uh, who he is, the words he speaks. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is convicting, yes, and eventually indwelling, yes, and He's bringing Christ to to mind. Yes. So, uh, and that means that all of the parts of the Godhead will be appropriately worshipped when we when we are highlighting Christ and we're focusing on Christ. We're not going to be dismissing the Spirit. We're going to be yes. understanding the work that the Spirit's doing to the glory of the Father. And, and I think that's what's so important and so key is, you know, somebody who says, I, I want to be a, you know, church that's guided and led by the Holy Spirit. Right. It all starts with Christ. Yes. yes. And that's where that's where the father 
uh, starts. That's where the spirit starts. Let's showcase Jesus because he is who we are. Right. And, and I think that's part of it is, you know, somebody who says that actually has a misunderstanding of who the spirit is because, again, they're all one. I agree. But we've seen the sun. I agree. And that, again, a good bleed into next week, dude. There is, there can be a an unhealthy preoccupation. It sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it's more about practice and application. Right. Where Jesus almost, it's almost like we're reversing functional roles. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, Jesus, absolutely. Yeah. And he's a given, but I mean, uh, the implication seems to be he's calling attention to the Holy Spirit. It actually goes the opposite way. Yeah. And I think that's very important. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> some of the excesses, some of the the blame mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit right. gets for things, I think does come out of a, a result. I should say, dude, another uh, key role. And by the way, I hope everybody knows, if we haven't said it already, by no means do you and I think, Nathan, we're exhaustively covering. No, no, not the, at the all. The roles of the Holy Spirit. Well, you talk about like, masters of divinity. I mean, yes. this is exactly what that is, right? Yes. I mean, there's no way in a lifetime of study, preaching, podcasting that we could ever even, you know, stick our big toe into no. the vast ocean that no. is exactly God. Dude, the old jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Lisa's called me that. Sometimes when she says it, Jack is a prefix, but that's a whole other. Uh, I was going to say, I thought she yeah. called you Jack in a different context. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other. Well, that's another podcast, dude, uh, that probably don't want to do on Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> but, I, dude, no, I, I love this. It, it's actually just talking to you about it, Nathan. Isn't it something? It just refreshes things yeah. in your own mind about, okay, this is. Cool. So, I, I, like, here's a thought I have. When I hear, like, a powerful sermon or I listen to a song and it's got me thinking about Jesus and, oh, I can tell my heart is affected. I can tell my it's touched my affections. Yeah. It's touched my mind. It's stretched my imagination. It's it's made me more appreciative. Uh, <clears throat> to be able to say, thank you, God, for sending your spirit Yes. who's doing this work. Because he spotlights Jesus, and he's yes. all on my mind and heart. So that's him Yes, uh, doing that work for me. And it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's its an invigorating experience. But I was going to say the Holy Spirit, of course, gives gifts yes. to believers. Uh, yes. Now that's, you know, whole debate. Yes. You know, we get into the uh, very Miraculous, few, spectacular yes, spectacular gifts. Spectacular gifts they talk about. Yeah. Very few Christians I see have debates over the gift of helps. Right. <laughs> helps was just for the first century. The gift of administration, yes. which, Greg, you don't have. No, dude, I, I think I've got the slightest <laughs> bit. No, I got none. If it's possible that God could give in the negative, uh, then I would be first in line for that. Anybody that's ever known me for 30 seconds, worked with me in any capacity, would say that. But yes, he gives gifts. Yes. In fact, in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul says he give, gives gifts gifts as he will and he says to each one yes so i have met some uh, christians that say you know i just don't think god gave gave me or the holy spirit gave me any gifts and i can say on the authority of scripture right not experience i'd say okay i hear what you're saying your experience is telling you you don't feel that you have any gift but i know you do yes because scripture says you do yes which means the holy spirit says you right And the Holy Spirit is the giver of that gift. So let's let's talk about that. Yes. And sometimes it's getting a person in play. Uh, you know, and, and I definitely believe, dude, in ministry context, 
uh, okay, let's let's put you uh, in a role where you're you're helping like you do, Nathan, yeah. on uh, Tuesday nights with mm-hmm. our our you know, high school and middle school kids. You see them for people. Yeah, I don't think that's your gift, man. I yeah. think you kind of suck at that, and that's okay. And right. then you find a person's over here. Then the person we've had this before, right? It, to your point of admin, hops on a, a financial committee. Yeah, and they're bringing incredible organization, yes. insight, yeah. perception. Yeah, and you're like, thank you, Lord. Yeah, and you start seeing it. Sometimes you, they always say it's easier to steer the ship at sea yeah. than when it's docked. Yep. You know, and I think sometimes if we're waiting just, uh, well, I'm docked, uh, what's my gift? I won't step out until I know. Yeah. Well, you know, um, KDY, Kevin Young, which, you know, we've uh, bashed him a little bit on here for on his thoughts. a couple thoughts. things. I like but his book on God's he, will is fantastic. Just do something. Just do something. Yeah. yeah. I oh, mean, that's and, that's, and that's what I was referencing. You know, yeah. just do something is, is phenomenal because so many times we try to discern the, the will of God and the spirit of God when... God is just saying, just do something. Yes. Just do something. I don't care what you do, just do something. Yep. And and that's where the Spirit will start leading and guiding us, right? I mean, we look at Christ. Christ is never not doing anything. Yep. It's as Christ is doing things that the Spirit's leading him here. It's yes. as Christ is doing things that the Spirit's leading him here. Christ is going and being baptized, and then the Spirit leads him into the wilderness. Yes. Christ finishes up in the wilderness and then lead, the Spirit leads him into his ministry. Christ is always doing something. Yeah, we move forward. And that's that's the way the Spirit is working, yeah. right? And and I think that's the thing that we don't want people to hear, right, is that the Spirit doesn't speak to us and, and still work in us, that there are calls in our life, but those calls are not... If I don't do this, I'm somehow missing the spirit of God. Yeah. Right. You know, I think about, you know, you and I are both teachers, Greg. We we've talked about this. You're you're working on some writing stuff, but yeah. your communication is uh, so much more effective verbally. Oh, no doubt. Um, I'm and, much and better I would, speaker than writer. Right. And I would say the same down. thing is true for myself that I am much better communicator when I'm speaking with people than I am when I try to write something, which is why. I as much as I hate the phone, I'd rather have a phone conversation than write an email. Yep. Um, but if I were to right now where I am, I believe the spirit, I believe God has me in a position where I am at school. And if I were to, to decide and notice what I'm saying here, if I were to decide to move somewhere else, the spirit is moving me in that direction. Yes. Yes. Uh, dude, that's it's, well said. It's not a the spirit is leading me against my will. It's, this is my will. I know the spirit is in me. And so therefore the spirit is also leading me. Yeah. But God is using my decision, my faculties to make that decision. It's not the spirit. It's not the force, right? right. The force isn't guiding me to somewhere else. Right. Right. Um, and there's no uh, dark side in light. Side. Right. <laughs> It's only life, you know, and that's and that's what I think sometimes. um, And again, we're going to talk about this more next week. But that's where I think sometimes we we fail in our communication of the spirit is, yeah, the spirit is is working in you. But but you're making this decision. Yeah. And if you were to decide to stay, then guess what? The spirit is going to work in you here when you stay. Um, and and that's where I think sometimes we throw the spirit under the bus. Oh yeah, and that 
great lead into next week. Um, what we think he does, yeah. what sometimes we're oddly confident he does or doesn't do, yeah. and that's what I really want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think going through the role of the Spirit has been helpful so that next so. week when we can when we can actually talk about some of these things more in depth, it will really uh, showcase, uh, yes, the Spirit has a role and a function in guiding us just like it guided Christ. Yes. Um, but there's also there we need to take responsibility and accept you know it's it's like the old adage when you do something bad the devil made me do it when you do something good the spirit made me do it forgetting that wait we we have a will we have a mind we have passions that god has given us and we need to own and accept those yes yes well said dude well said i think um we will i mean you do for next week you can pray for me I don't want to just bash people. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say, hey, we're all in this together. Yeah. There's some goofy stuff yeah. that people attribute to the Holy Spirit. Right. Let's work hard to help each other. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll be speaking primarily for my own experience sure, in doing sure. this because, you know, and growing up too. in a primarily Pentecostal background, um, charismatic background, uh, everything was attributed to the Spirit. Um, yes, yes, so. dude. I think we're gonna have we're gonna have a few stories to tell, yes. my friend. Um, All right. Well, Greg, we are uh, we are running up uh, ran a little bit longer this time than we had thought. We were gonna kind of try to break it down into two forty five minute pieces. Oh, this one's a little longer. But we went a little longer. That's a shot. I know, right? Um, so now that we have come to the end of our two parter, I can confidently say, Greg, we just rocked the Casbah. Crushed it. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These Go to 11.